All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 94 of everyone's favorite mediocre program. This podcast is just okay. My name is Nick Rose, and I am back with you as always. It, it, and I'm going to offer a nice, enlightening show about things and stuff. I don't know. Let's hit the theme song and find out. Is anybody still out there? Man, I love hearing that theme song. It always uh, gets me pumped for the week. And um, I just want to put a disclaimer out. And I know I've said this before, too. But I try to always have a consistent show that comes out every Sunday on a regular basis. And it doesn't always work out like that. Because life happens. You know, I work. And, uh, you know, like, like we all know, it's been a crazy year. So I don't have um shows banked up so that I can just release them every Sunday. I record them and then I release them as I record them. So <clears throat> if you haven't heard from me in a while it's because I haven't had the time to do the show. Um we've been dealing with a lot with the kids going back to school, which in itself is nuts. But um that in between between that and work and stuff, I just haven't had the time to sit down and do a show. But the kids are back in school right now, so I am sitting down and making a show for you guys. This is episode 94. Um, I know we should have been at 100 a while ago, and um, the last episode that should have been out should have been a Goosebumps episode. That is coming soon. I'm going to do the rest of the book, and uh, we'll get that taken care of. But <clears throat> just wanted to put that out there and say, like, you know, I don't try to be inconsistent, and then... Um, I don't know. There's there's been a there's been a hard mental block with me lately too, where it's like, I there have been a couple times where I could do the show, and it's like you know I really don't feel like entertaining right now. Um, sometimes I get in my head and I don't I don't want to do anything or or speak to anybody, and sometimes that happens on the show here and it, it affects the show, and I I do apologize about that, but I try to let you guys in my world. You know, once a week, and sometimes I, I have to close the door on that. So, um, but I got a cool um, list this week, so that'll be good. Um, I previewed a little song for you guys uh, last week, <clears throat> which a lot of you guys seemed really excited about to hear the full track, and I'm going to play it on the show this week, and I'm really excited about it too. Other than that, I don't know what's been going on. Um, I mean, the state's been on fire. Uh, that, that's been interesting. You know, here we are. Uh, well, it's September now, but man, we've been hitting almost a hundred degrees every single day and, uh, with the mountains and everything burning and being on fire, it was crazy because I, I go outside and, uh, there's ash falling from the sky and it like raining, raining ash. And I, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. And it's, it's so I don't know, this whole year has been just, just god-awful disaster after disaster, and we all know that, we all live it, right, we're all here seeing it every day, and it makes you wonder what kind of uh, universe we've slipped into, because this isn't right, it's not normal, but I miss uh, 
<clears throat> I miss things the way they were. I miss going to the movies. Um, <laughs> when was the last time I went to the movies? I think the last one we saw was Onward when it came out. And uh, but back in February, I believe. And here we are, September. So that, that's crazy because that's one of my favorite pastimes is, hey, let's go check out a movie or, you know, what have you. The mall opened up, but there's nothing going on there. I go and uh, there's a shop I like. I buy Funko Pops and, uh, you know, that's that's basically it. Oh, I will say this. I will say this. The uh, the new Bill and Ted movie came out. Uh, Face the Music. It's the third one, third installment of the franchise. Same writers, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Uh, produced by Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, they're in it. <clears throat> I remember when uh, when Bogus Journey came out in '90, and uh, I got to see that at the drive-in when I was a kid. And I've been waiting, you know, almost 30 years for this new movie to come out, and it finally did. And I I got to experience it at home. I got to pre-order it. And uh, made a big movie night with the kids. We ordered pizza. And I was like, you guys have to watch this movie. And uh, <clears throat> that weekend, I think I watched the... Well, I know. I watched the movie four times in a row. Because it, it was just like... How do I say it? It's like, because the the way that 2020 has been and the, the way that our whole lives have been upended and... Uh, messed up and it's just this, this world of chaos for an hour and a half i got to forget about all that it was the movie that i needed to see this year that everyone needs to see this year it's all about uniting the world with music and uh saving the saving the world and in, in humanity by uniting with music and it's it was really well done i think it holds up with the other two movies i could watch all three um and i love all three equal uh, they they did a wonderful job with it, and um, <clears throat> it's a good feel good movie. And I, like I said, it makes you forget all the problems of uh, of the world that you're living in right now. And it, it was really good. I, I want to watch it again and again. I got the kids the soundtrack. I got me the soundtrack. Uh, so I got all three uh, loaded up in my old man iPod, <laughs> and uh, it was just it's it's a good time. So. Uh, Hopefully that's what I'm going to bring to you guys today is a good time. Uh, I got a really cool list today. Uh, but before I get into that, I'm going to play you guys a song, a song I've been working on. Uh, it's a cover, of course, it always is, because uh, honestly, I haven't written anything in a long time. Um, if you want to hear my stuff, it's it's on SoundCloud. Um, I have all my albums for free, um, but <clears throat> I still like to record new music newer new to me i guess i haven't written anything in a while but i can still uh i can still bust out a, a cover or two and it, it's just just it feels all right you know i'm gonna play a song and uh this is the one that i put on my snapchat and everything um last week and uh i don't know i'm rambling so let's do the song i'll do the top 10 and then we'll get back into the groove of the show like we always do here we go Give it up. 
So how's that to fill out your week, huh? I've been really excited to play that out here for you guys. And um, yeah, it just felt good. So uh, moving right along with what we do here, uh, school is in session. And uh, whether it's in person or at home remote learning, um, <clears throat> I thought it would be make sense to have our odd top 10 list, uh, something having to do with school related um, activities. So I'm going to bring to you today <clears throat> the top 10 controversial homework assignments. Um, I don't know. You're, you're thinking, well, what's that? Well, check this out, man. Students across the globe, they often gripe about their homework assignments, right? So those complaints frequently fall on deaf ears because parents expect teachers to guide the intellectual and ethical development of their children. Sometimes that takes work. And let's just face it, parents know that kids are often just lazy. And that's true. But sometimes the students have a point, And some teachers have asked their young scholars from elementary school to college to complete assignments that may be considered controversial and unethical. And when word got out, bam, the public firestorm led to debates that put the embattled teachers smack dab in the middle of those controversies in ways they never expected. Feelings were hurt, jobs were on the line, and content was created for an intriguing top 10 list. So, let's start it right at top number 10 here. The beer brewing assignment. Um, <clears throat> this one's interesting. Although the legal drinking age in the United States is 21, underage consumption of alcohol is widespread. Most minors who drink alcohol prefer to guzzle down cheap booze with little regard to how it was created. So, a biology, a, a biology teacher at Ralston Valley High School in Colorado decided to offer his students some insight into the process. So, for this homework assignment, students brewed beer inside the classroom and were encouraged to learn more about the fermentation process outside of school hours. This included how wine, champagne, and vodka are made, and for extra credit, Students were urged to tour the nearby Coors Brewery, which allows men and women who are at least 18 years old to visit without adult supervision. This assignment was met with resistance by a few hesitant parents. They feared that exposing underage students to alcohol would send a conflicting message while offering little educational value. One parent was, such, one parent was afraid that such an assignment might spark her daughter's interest in the violent alcoholism that ran in her family. Look, man, honestly, talk to your kids. How about that? Um, <clears throat> the Jefferson County School District, which controls Ralston Valley High School, was quick to offer an explanation for the assignment, and they stated, The teaching of fermentation or anaerobic respiration is a Colorado standard taught in biology classes. Teachers make choices in designing the lesson plans which help students meet those standards. While we value the efforts our teachers make to inspire learning in our students, we will be reviewing the assignment in question. So... And there's that. Number nine, <clears throat> moving right along here, the serial killer assignment. So when a teacher asked his ninth grade students to do a comprehensive report on serial killers, he may not have considered the madness he would spawn. At Northern Bay College's Goldworthy campus in Corio, Australia, which is also a high school, the teacher provided the students in his forensic psychology class with a long list of potential projects related to serial killers. <laughs> Examples included... Create a cartoon illustrating how a serial killer would murder someone. Write a poem about a serial killer. Put together a children's book that would teach children about serial killers. Make up a serial killer board game. And draw a floor plan of serial killer's dream house. Huh. 
I want to take this class, right? That sounds weird and interesting. Not surprisingly, the assignment was met with a flood of criticism. Outraged parents demanded that it be discarded, and their voices were heard. The high school principal immediately withdrew the assignment and banned it permanently from the curriculum. Why would such a gruesome assignment appear in a high school classroom, and what educational values would it provide? Scott Bond, assistant professor of sociology at Drew University and a serial killer expert, explained, <clears throat> this, incident is, this incident demonstrates just how deeply serial killers have penetrated the public consciousness and popular culture. This is illustrated by the tremendous financial successes of the Showtime series Dexter and the book and film franchise based on The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Now, honestly, I loved Dexter. I thought that was a great show. Terrible ending, great show. <laughs> Number eight, slavery and mathematics assignment. Those go hand in hand, and we're going to find out how. In the United States, slavery is a sensitive topic. So, it shouldn't come as a surprise that parents, community leaders, and even the NAACP become involved, <clears throat> became involved when a controversial homework assignment that combines slavery and math was handed out to third graders. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. At Beaver Ridge Elementary School in Norcross, Georgia, two teachers distributed to four of the school's third grade classrooms an assignment that asked these types of questions. If Frederick got two beatings per day, how many beatings did he get in one week? And each tree had 56 oranges. If eight slaves picked them equally, then how much would each slave pick? I kid you not. This is a real assignment that was handed out. When the young students brought the assignments home to their parents, some awkward conversations ensued. As one parent stated, Now my son is asking questions about slaves and beatings, and I have to explain all that to him. I felt he wasn't ready for that. Some parents even considered transferring their children to another school. Eventually, these parents contacted the school's principal and even reached out to the local and national media to express their outrage. With this exposure, the NAACP became involved, eventually calling for the termination of all teachers involved with the assignment. Uh, while it was difficult for the principal to defend the assignment, he did his best to explain the thought behind the, its creation. He stated that the math teacher and social studies teacher were doing their best to create cross-curriculum assignments that help students to better understand concepts. To make the situation even more awkward, <clears throat> one objective of Beaver Ridge's improvement plan for 2011-2012 included increasing academic performances in math for African American students. The teachers involved did receive a disciplinary hearing and underwent a human resource investigation that ultimately led to the resignation of one teacher. So, I don't know what to say about that. That's that's crazy. Uh, but not as crazy as this one. Number seven, Nazi homework assignment. Um, okay. As part of the language arts curriculum, high school students are often tasked with writing a persuasive essay. This includes taking a stance on a subject and convincing readers that this point of view is valid. Although it's common for students to be asked to pick one side of a contentious subject, a few topics are considered too controversial for the classroom environment. In 2013, a high school teacher in Albany, New York, decided to tread on this inappropriate line. She assigned her students a persuasive essay, uh, writing essay with the prompt, You must argue that Jews are evil and use solid rationale from government propaganda to convince me of your loyalty to the, to the Third Reich. What? <laughs> <clears throat> it, 
It isn't surprising that over one-third of the students refused to complete the assignment. They argued that the topic was not debatable and that no right could be found in the Nazi regime's actions. Duh. Um, Almost immediately, word spread across the city about the controversial assignment. Fingers pointed at the teacher who created the assignment, as well as her boss, Albany Superintendent uh, Marguerite Vanden Weingard. Mm -hmm. Weingard eventually spoke up to the media at a news conference held at the United Jewish Federation. Surrounded by school board officials and leaders from Jewish organizations, Weingard stated, I would like to apologize to our families. I don't believe there was malice or intent to cause any sensitivities to our families of Jewish faith. To strengthen their message, the school board invited the Anti-Defamation League to run sensitivity programs at the school. And I get it. I mean, you're trying to teach... um, I don't know what you... I don't know what the word is. You're trying to teach civics, basically. and uh, But you're going about it in the wrong way here. Um, number six. September 11th assignment. Uh, that's coming up. Continuing with the English composition theme, it's common for language arts teachers to ask their students to write from the perspective of someone different from themselves. In 2013, a teacher at Fairview Junior High in Alvin, Texas, did just this, but pushed the envelope a little too far in most people's eyes. Specifically, the teacher asked her students to pretend they were trapped in one of the towers or planes involved on the September 11th, 2001 tragedy. Um, face palming right now, guys. I'm sorry. Furthermore, she instructed her middle school students to write a letter to an imagined loved one or friend as they faced death. Parents of the students were understandably upset when they found out about the assignment. They claimed the teacher had gone too far by requiring their children to write what amounted to a 9-11 suicide note. The school district responded, We sincerely apologize to any of our families that found this activity to be insensitive. As educators, we strive to meet the individual needs of our students, both instructionally and emotionally, while maintaining a high level of sensitivity. Although the 9-11 attacks are a painful subject among all ages, some in the media attributed the assignment's controversial nature to the youth of the students. Most were 12 to 13 years old. So, let's see, what year did I say this was? 2013. So, a lot of these kids weren't even alive when that happened. Um... That's a weird thing to, to think about, too. Um, I've, I've talked about that before. I I saw that on TV when it happened, and I was getting ready for school. It was a weird, weird day. That, that's, a, that's a strange assignment. Um, I mean, I don't know what it's like to, to be a teacher and to come up with these curriculums, but these assignments, I don't, I don't understand. Um, number five, the Native American assignment. <clears throat> When math teacher Richard Vesbach handed out an algebra puzzle assignment to his high school class, there was no controversy at first. The beginning of the puzzle asked harmlessly enough, what happened after Chief Shortcake died? But one of the... Sorry. But once the problems were solved, the answer to this question caused quite a stir among a few parents in Minocco, Wisconsin. After dinner that night, one of Vestbach's students showed the assignment to his mother. He asked her to explain the joke, specifically the punchline, Squawberry Shortcake. Outraged by what she saw, the mother, who was a member of the Lac de Flambeau tribe, posted an image of the assignment on her social media page. It was quickly passed around the community and became a hot topic at the school, which had a 22% Native American population. 
Although the term squaw refers to a woman in Native American uh, Algonquin, Algonquian uh, languages, the word has evolved into a description more sexually charged. It is often used to demean Native American women and equate them to nothing more than sexual objects to, but to be desired by men. Once word got around, the teacher was quick to be contrite. He claimed that the assignment had come from a workbook sitting around in his classroom since the 1980s. He offered to be sent home for a day without pay and take full responsibility for his actions. Furthermore, he stated that it was never his intention to offend the Native American population. The school was satisfied with the self-imposed punishment. Sounds to me like a lot of these teachers are treading waters on seeing how far they can get with racism and uh, trying to, uh, I don't know, deter the students to thinking in a certain way. That's just what I feel. I, I don't know. Number four, stomping on Jesus assignment. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. All our examples so far have centered around the introduction of a controversial topic to young students who might not be prepared for conversation. But once young adults reach college or university age, many expect them to be able to handle more adult themes. So, is it possible for a college professor to create a controversial assignment for his or her class? Let's study the case of Florida Atlantic University professor DeAndre Poole. In Poole's intercultural communications class, students were told to listen carefully to the instructions of the teacher. Uh, Poole read from a lesson book that had stated, Have the students write the name Jesus in big letters on a piece of paper. Ask the students to stand up, put the paper on the floor in front of them with the name facing up. Ask the students to think about it for a moment. After a brief period of silence, instruct them to step on the paper. Most will hesitate. Ask why they can't step on the paper. Discuss the importance of symbols and culture. Although the lesson was meant to be jarring, many students in Poole's class picked up the piece of paper, put it back on their desk, and refused to participate in any further discussion. They were already highly offended by even, even being asked to step on Jesus' name. As one student stated, I'm not going to sit in class having my religious rights desecrated. I truly see this as being punished. Eventually, Nomi Marin, the uh, university's director of communication and media studies, offered her opinion on the subject. She said, as with any academic lesson, the exercise was meant to encourage students to view issues from many perspectives. While at times, the topics discussed may be sensitive, a university environment is a venue for such dialogue and debate. Although the university university did apologize for the professor's actions, it didn't satisfy some people. Then, Florida Governor Rick Scott called for an investigation into why students were being asked to compromise their beliefs. In the end, the professor was allowed to keep his job. So, uh, that's a weird one. I don't, I don't understand. Number three, <laughs> the sex toy assignment. This is, uh, fun one. At Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, Professor John Michael Bailey's human sexuality course was one of the most popular classes. The course was well known for offering unique experiences to students, including a question and answer period with a group of swingers or a panel with convicted sex offenders. But in 2011, one after-class event might have gone too far. As they always do, right? In Oh, man. In this assignment, students were invited back to the classroom that evening and watched a naked woman perform on herself with sex toys. The woman's highlight of the night, using a toy attached to a reciprocating saw, an act that led to a lot of wide eyes that evening. <clears throat> Earlier in the week, students were warned that the act would be graphic. Those who chose not to attend were not penalized for their decision. 
However, the students who attended were not the ones who protested the assignment. Instead, the university administration stepped in with complaints of their own. The president of the university said, I simply do not believe this was appropriate, necessary, or in keeping with the Northwestern University's academic mission. For his part, the class professor was torn, unsure of where blame, if any, should be laid. He stated, Do I have any regrets? It is mostly too early to say. I certainly have no regrets concerning Northwestern students who have demonstrated that they are open-minded grown-ups rather than fragile children. I have not enjoyed the press because I have assumed that reporters will sensationalize what happened and will not provide my side. I suspect that my dean is not enjoying this publicity, and I do not like displeasing my dean. To the extent that this event provokes a discussion of my reasoning above, I welcome it. I expect many people to disagree with me. Thoughtful discussion of controversial topics is a cornerstone of learning. Sounds like this dude just wanted to cuck a bunch of kids. I don't know. <laughs> Number two, public killing of a chicken assignment. There have always been artists who are more than willing to walk a controversial line. They often use the idea of artistic freedom and expression to justify their actions or creations. In spring 2013, a student at the Alberta College of Art and Design in Canada did just that after his artistic performance critiquing food production created outrage across the campus and country. The performance, which was part of a class assignment, went as follows. The male student walked into the school cafeteria with a live chicken in his hands. He cooed and comforted the chicken before suddenly slitting the bird's throat, leaving blood to pour over the floor. If that wasn't enough, the student plucked the chicken's feathers and stuffed its coarse corpse into a large cooking pot. Understandably, many students were upset, having been caught off guard by the violent act. They were also unwilling to accept the student's justification that the stunt showcased the gap in our understanding of how food arrives on people's plates. Surprisingly, the student escaped much of this criticism. Instead, fingers were pointed at his professor, Gordon Ferguson, for signing off on such a horrific act. Ferguson had been a well-respected instructor in the college's sculpture department for 32 years. Although it isn't clear if Ferguson su supported the execution, he knew about the student's interest in performing it beforehand. Ferguson was suspended during an investigation, but he was eventually reinstated. The college offered counseling to those in attendance. The incident was also discussed at a public symposium the following year. That's kind of weird. I don't know. You really need counseling over that? Like, people have been on farms before, right? <laughs> okay, number one, the top one of the list here. This is the last one here. Obama assignment. Uh-oh. This one is not so much an assignment as a class requirement. In fall 2012, Sharon Sweet, an associate professor of mathematics at Brevard College uh, Community in, in Florida, forced her students to sign pledges that they would vote for Barack Obama in the upcoming presidential election. Oh, no. See, you can't do that, man. And, and the way it should be, teachers got to keep your political views and beliefs to yourself. And if, if the public knows about your public beliefs, you should not be allowed back as a teacher because you're there to teach students, not impose your beliefs onto those students. So... Already, we're off to a bad start here. After being handed a sheet of paper that read, I pledge to vote for President Obama and Democrats up and down the ticket, each student was asked to sign his or her name at the bottom. It doesn't take a college graduate to understand that pushing one's political beliefs on a group of people who didn't ask for it might be a bad idea. 
As soon as word got around that <clears throat> about the college professor's action, uh, Brevard Community College fired Sweet. They stated her undoing was not her political learning leanings, but instead her creation of a hostile environment for students. Many feared that their grades would be affected if they did not sign the pledge. Sweet was also accused of misrepresenting her intentions. At the time, she claimed that she was registering voters at the community college and that the pledge was simply a statistical analysis. It was discovered that Sweet had provided bookmarks with the Gotta Vote website to her students. The site was funded by the Obama campaign and sought to target young voters. As a Brevard Community College spokesperson said, the college has specific policies that address the political activities of faculty and staff, which state that no college employee shall solicit support for a political candidate during regular college work hours or on college property. That is so true. So that's that's 10 weird assignments that should have never been uh, dealt out. And these are these are teachers that uh, shouldn't be pushing their beliefs on kids, but should be educating them in civics and uh, common knowledge of the world. So what do you think? What are uh, do you guys have? Any different uh, weird homework assignments that you guys were assigned that were controversial like these or ones that you disagreed with? Go ahead and write to me at justokpodcast at gmail.com. That's just okay, O-K-A-Y. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have my uh, trivia cards in front of me or my, uh, my emails. So this is going to be kind of a, a short episode. You had your uh, filler part the music and the top 10 and um i guess that's all we can do this week right so uh go ahead and write to me man just okay podcast at gmail.com or you can check me out on facebook at this podcast is just okay that's okay a y um i've actually submitted i got some some big news coming up here i submitted the show and uh i'll find out soon maybe within the next couple months or so um, i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about it because it's not out yet but uh amazon and audible are picking up podcasts and i have submitted the show to audible and amazon so you will be able to get the show hopefully on on amazon um audible soundcloud itunes i'm expanding and it's really cool and uh who, who would have thought? I, I sit here and record this on my couch, and people around the world listen to it. So thank you guys very much. Um, I love that. Um, I will be back with a Goosebumps episode for you. I'm trying to get back on a good, consistent schedule. It might be a little easier to do now that the kids are back in school, um, but we shall see. So for now, this is as good as it's going to get. Uh, it is mediocrity at its finest, so I can't. It, it's in the name, right? So you guys can't tell me that the show sucks. Because I already told you before it started. So I took your power. I win. <laughs> All right. With that in mind, man, um, have yourselves a week. And I will catch you guys next time.